0: to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and this is my podcast where we play radio shows that I used to make on WHRW Binghamton, as well as some new stuff that we make specifically just for this podcast. With me, as always, are my three additional co-hosts, one being Mr. Scape White, my cat.
1: Greetings, Father. It is good to be here on the podcast for my second episode since my return.
0: It's good to have you here. It is very, very good to have you here. Next up, we have Mr. Rory Sinjin, who is an extra historian. Hello, everyone. Yes, it's very, as he said, good to be here and apply my trade of extra history a little bit more. Good to have you. Good to have you. And finally, the very aggravated and highly put upon Mr. Frank Allen. Hello. Hi. Uh, yeah, I am... I would say I was put upon, yeah. I did, I did say that. Well, fact. you were right to say it, because it was true. Because, frankly, uh, first of all, three weeks in a row without a Frank Allen interview. Three weeks. First we had a Harry Stories, then we had a scapy Stories, now we have another Scabie Stories. Three weeks, no interview. Why am I doing the show if I don't get to do segments? Because you you have segments on the show. They're old segments. They're segments from years ago. We recorded Debatatorium 2006 and 2007, so obviously that's when they were recorded. Tractor Fiction's from even earlier than that. Well, and... Ended in right, that's my point, yes. Why am I doing this podcast if I, all I get to do is, is be on the show and complain, but I don't get to do produce any new segments? You're going to get to produce new segments again. Next week, you'll be producing a new segment. It's it, You'll be fine. It better be fine, because frankly, I am fed up. You're just mad about the letter. Yeah, I'm mad about the letter! Okay, for those of you who were not listening to last week's episode, there was a letter for me from someone from a media thing of some sort, and he deleted it because he said it was a joke. It was a joke. Somebody was messing with your head. Probably Rory. No, it wasn't. I didn't write that letter. No, that was not true. I did not mess with him. No, it was not me. Why would you even suggest that? Because you don't get along, and you look. The point is, it was clearly not true. Nobody would have said those things about the segments that you had done. It's ridiculous. What do you mean that's ridiculous? I I do a great, highly valid. Oh, you know, Jordan. The the more I am on this show today, the less I know why I put up with it. Oh, I I know, I know. Why? Because you don't have your own show, and you are incompetent, and when you had your own media conglomerate, you ran it into the ground. Well, okay. Right. That, you know, that's what I thought. So, let's get into this show. We've got a whole lot of stuff coming on. we got a we got an Epic Echoes episode, we got a This Day in History from Rory Sinjin with Where Are They Now in History follow-up, we've got a Tractor Fiction horror story, we've got a Scapy story, which will scare everyone, and then some mail. It'll be, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. But very first, quickly, we have a little segment that uh, we like to call Extra History Now. Scapy, Let's start. Here I come.
2: Extra History Now, yeah. Extra History Now.
0: That was different from last week's theme. That's fine. Maybe that's part of it. Well, Oh, that's yeah, true. Maybe it, it, it actually is thematically quite interesting because uh, it's like an alternate world of the theme song every time. Yes, it, that was that was what we were going for. Carol. Well, unfortunately, no one no one sent in their problems for me. Uh, so again, if you, if you have any problems that you'd like me to explore. As a free sample of extra history, you can write in to me at castandwax at gmail.com. But, for now, I, I, I do understand that one of us has a problem. Oh? Yes, my understanding is that there was one of us who got a letter that was deleted. Oh, great. No, I, I don't want your extra history. Well, unfortunately, you're going to get it. So let me tell you about this. There was actually another world, Frank Allen, where Jordan did not delete that letter. And you replied to it and got in touch with the people who sent it. And it turned out... Those people offered you a job. It was a job as a commentator on a late-night television show, and you accepted it, of course. You went in, you became a news commentator on, as I said, late-night news, but you caught the eye of the viewers. Ratings started to go up. They realized that you were a very valuable thing. They moved you to an evening show. After a while, you became the top-rated show on all of television. When when a news item would come up, everyone would say, well, I can't wait to hear what Frank Allen has to say about that tonight on the Frank Allen show. And, of course, everyone would tune in and find out. And you became basically the voice of not just a generation, but of all generations that were alive at the time of the show in that world. Really? Yes, absolutely. And this went on for years and years, decades, you know, you became more and more popular, or you know, so it seemed everybody was just a big fan of Frank Allen. And eventually, uh, you became very old and... Well, let me guess, I died. Well, no, not yet. Uh, I mean, you do obviously eventually die, but uh, you became very old and became very ill, and on the day before you died actually. Everyone came to you and said, uh, Mr. Allen, and you said yes, and they said, well, it it turns out it was all a joke. Uh, this was a very, it was a very elaborate joke, mind you. But uh, no one actually likes your television show at all. Um, no one ever did. In fact, no one even thought you were good enough to get a television show. You never actually aired. It was a very elaborate joke. Seriously, we had a lot of people playing along. But it was all just a prank. And so I hope you go to your grave knowing that no one liked you ever. And that you, you're you're basically worthless to humanity except as something to laugh at. So uh, hearing that news, you, you lived another 24 or so hours and died uh, weeping. I... 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 I what? You died weeping, realizing how completely, utterly devoid of meaning your life had been. So, as you can see, this world is much better. The email was deleted, everything is fine. Why... Why would someone do that to me? Well, because you you just look like such an inviting target. People heard you, you were kind of a blowhard, you know, things like that. So wait, so... that so I'm... I'm is that what this letter was? This was gonna be an elaborate joke, like a really crazy joke to make me hurt sigh? Well, I didn't, you know, that's this world. I'm not, I'm not making any claims about our reality. I'm making a claim about another reality. See, for all I know, you know, it, it could have been real. It's more likely it was a joke, though, yes. That's a, that's a really mean joke. Why would somebody do that to me? Wow. Well, uh, that's not what happened, though. So obviously, like he you said, you're better off in this world. That was actually a very nice extra historical reading, right? Because it does make you feel better about this world. Alright. I guess. I just, wow. That's, that's horrifying. Right. Well, good section, Rory. If anybody wants to write into Rory about their problems, please, castandwax at gmail.com, and he will talk to you about them on the show we call Extra History Now, yeah. Extra History Now, yeah. What kind of extra history will it be? song. Scape, I just, I was my turn. You had a turn and I have a turn no, too.
2: I'm the best singer
1: though, so I should get your singer. Well, I'm a pretty good singer, right? No, I'm a pretty good singer, right? Scape, that's not fair. Well, it's my podcast. It's not your podcast. It's my podcast. Uh, well, it, it used to be. Fine. But like, okay, but I want to be the singer.
0: We'll see. You sang it first. I it was sharing. I don't share. Well, clearly. <sighs> anyway. Uh, let's get to Epic Echoes. This is an episode of Epic Echoes. It's the second episode of the season, a.k.a. the second to last episode of the season. It's it's a backwards series. You see, every episode is the episode before the one that aired before it. Oh, wow, that's confusing, isn't it? At any rate, we're going to join the flashback on a mission to destroy the vampiros. Let's see how it goes for them.
3: The Backward Series, Season 3, Episode 10, Hitting the Books, by Daniel Schwartz. Max Thornfield stood in a classic Mexican standoff with one of his most bizarre foes, the implacable Mr. Banal. His blaster could easily destroy the crusader for conformity, but not before Banal's automatic took him down. The two of them stood motionless, guns trained on each other on top of Mount Everest in 800 B.C.E.
4: What do you mean you're on our side? You've sworn to destroy me dozens of times. Don't be an
5: idiot, Thornfield. We've got a common enemy. One that's rewriting history to suit their ends.
4: And yours. A world without color, joy, happiness... Oh, listen to yourself,
5: Thornfield. I've dedicated my life to destroying your ridiculous powers, and magic. Time travel's just another of your little weirdnesses. Why would I use it now? Then
4: those freaks from the Empire weren't with you? Well, give the little hero a cookie.
5: Yes, Thornfield, they're part of a much larger menace, bigger than you or I. If we don't stop them, they'll enslave all of mankind across the whole of the time stream. So if you'll just lower your blaster, we can work something out.
4: Oh, no, Mr. B. I'm not falling for that again. As soon as I'm not about to shoot you, I'll have a cold iron slug in my brain. Ah, San Francisco. Good times. You put the gun down and I'll do the same.
5: Oh, come now, Thornfield. Just because we're more than two centuries before our time doesn't mean I was born yesterday. I may be on your side, but that doesn't mean you're on mine. Was worth a shot. Will you at least tell me what you know? About the vampiros? They suck blood, drain innocence, time travel, and want to conquer humanity. Drain innocence? I don't make these things up. Thornfield. They prey on what is most pure and unsullied in the human psyche, leaving only despair and depression. Sounds like something you could get behind. Oh, f*** you! I'm destroying the weird to set humanity free. The vampirus want to enslave us with it. If you can't see the difference, then you might as well join them. <laughs> Don't move, humans. And now you've led them to me. Splendid. Drop your weapon! Don't you think it's a little late for placing blame? I think it's just time enough for an ambush, yes? What?
3: Without responding, Mr. Banal turned and fired on the vampirosian t- his cold iron bullets pierced the magical shield and brought them down with gaping holes in their face. As the rest of the flashback phased into the location, the vampires closed in around Max and his nemesis. Max, let's go!
5: Banal! Run,
6: you twit!
3: Max grabbed Mr. Banal from off of the time guard's sword and pulled him toward the waiting flash pack. A burst of time found them on Easter Island, Stoneheads watching their most hated enemy bleed out onto the beach.
4: Purtress, can you fix him? Don't bother, Catman.
5: <laughs> I'm immune to magic, remember.
3: Then there's no way we can save you?
5: <laughs> no way I'll use. This, it seems. <laughs> is the end.
4: It shouldn't have to be this way. You deserve a fair trial. judge. Oh,
5: shut up, Thornfield. It's bad enough dying without you feeling sorry about it. <laughs> Jillian. Me? <laughs> I'd hoped to tell you this after I'd conquered the world and slain all your comrades, but I guess it didn't work out. I always liked you, Jillian. Never could get the nerve together to say it. <laughs> That'll teach me to wait until the last... <laughs> well,
7: that was unexpected. Good riddance, I say.
3: Where do we go from here? Sarah,
8: how can you be so heartless?
3: Heartless? His last dying words were confession that he hoped to kill us and score with Slaughter. Pardon me for not being too broken up. We
4: can't just leave him here. We'll bury him here. It's least we can do. slatter will need some time to refresh herself after those last two jumps anyway. Fine.
3: In the shadow of Easter Island's impassive statues, the flash pack buried Mr. Banal, his grave unmarked and his weapons removed to prevent paradox. A short service overseen by Molly completed the procedure. After that, the pack sat down for a long talk.
4: Let's start with the basics. When are we?
3: I'd say about 1884. And the
7: statues are a dead giveaway for Easter Island in the South Pacific.
4: And Mr. Banal managed to tell me about these guys. They're called Vamp-
7: vampiros. Yes, we know. Sir William told us. He was kind of cute. Yeah... Well,
4: that's good, but it doesn't help us very much. Where do we go from here?
7: We need to know
3: more before we can really get going. Let's go to the source. The Master Archivist?
4: If anyone would know.
3: Who's MA for 1884? Baroness Bertha von Suttner in Vienna.
8: Von Suttner the novelist? Who now? Bertha von Suttner. She was an author. She won the 1905 Nobel Peace Prize. She was a big name in the armistice movement.
3: Sounds like the sort of person knowledge would pick to be Master Archivist. Vienna it is then. Let's go. Five minutes in the future found them in a Viennese drawing room where a woman in her early 40s was writing only to stand up amazed at the presence of the flash pack in her townhouse. What are you doing here? It's okay, Baroness. We're not here to hurt you. We just want to talk. Who are you hooligans? We're from the distant future, Ms. Von Suttner. We're here to speak to you in your capacity as the Master Archivist. Ah, von of these. Third time this week, something like this happens, and it's only my first month on the job. You can't imagine what it's like being the repository of all knowledge. It must be quite the burden. We were wondering
7: if you had any information about the vampiros.
3: Vampiros? Well, I don't know much about that off the top of my head. Let me check the archive. The Baroness made her way to a fine study... One person in a generation is chosen by the abstract concept of knowledge to be master archivist, keeper of all things known by humanity. Each archivist stores that knowledge in his or her own way. To the Baroness, it manifested in a room of fine leather-bound tomes. She poked through several volumes before arriving at the one she was looking for. The vampiros are alchemically transformed humans who drain innocence from humans while drinking their blood. Created in 1681 by Sir Ector Huntington, the noted English alchemist, vampiros can produce children in addition to feeding others the insidious Lexer to multiply. That's pretty scary. No kidding. Is there any indication how to destroy them? They're very powerful. In addition to heightened strength and speed, they retain all the knowledge of their lives and can learn much more. They can still be destroyed by physical harm, however, and uh here they are. Vampiros are destroyed when their progenitor is destroyed. Thus, seeking out the most powerful vampiros can be the way to slay myriad weaker ones. That's good news. That the only way to defeat a powerful monster is to defeat an even more powerful monster? It sounds less hopeful when you put it that way.
4: Are any powerful vampires mentioned in here, Baroness?
3: Well, there's mention of an alabaster cart in Italy during the Renaissance. He might be useful. There's nothing else here, but I seem to remember. Let me check in the future. A tiny folio on a dusty shelf had a loose collection of papers. Sutner flipped through them in search of a single sheet of parchment. Ah, here we are. Vampiros lore is a specialty of the master archivist of 4044. Good lord, 4044 is quite a distance from now.
4: No kidding. Well, I guess we know what our next step is. 4044 it is.
3: Everyone join hands. Wait a minute, where are Jimmy and jealous? Jimmy and Dralis were just waking up in a cold and muddy trench. Overhead, there were bursts of gunfire and the explosion of bombs. Where are we?
8: doesn't look like vienna
3: and where's everyone else
8: do you think something happened during the time step we did
3: vampiros
9: well done Flashpunks. we'll pick you off two by two as you travel until there are none left you're 60 years and hundreds of miles from your friends the dread emperor will be pleased you'll never
8: get away with this oh my god do you people really say that it's in all the history books but to hear it out loud wow
2: shut up Nice. You shut up, too! Let's find a way to get out of here!
8: Well, when are we? Well,
10: let's look at this dead guy over here. Hmm. Rifle is mid-1940s, uniform
4: is Maraisian. Looks like we stumbled into World War II. Oh, shucks. Wait, what's that over there?
3: Jimmy pointed at a shiny object sticking out of the ground. Drellis pulled it up with no apparent effort.
8: It's Keen's transporter belt! And a note. Lending this to you so that you can find us when we step to you Take good care of it, Keen How did they know? Fertress can probably find us without much trouble Maybe the vampiros have a time-stepping blocker up around the area
10: So they buried the belt in 1884 So we could use it to get out of here
8: Who the devil are you? Don't panic, we're from the future Good lord Are you Jimmy Kovacs and Dralis
11: Thornfield? Um, yes? Not a moment too soon I've an order to deliver
3: Incoming to Plane! I'll handle it! Uh, Dralis rushed toward the oncoming fighter, fists clenched and ready for action. What is the Colonel supposed to deliver to Jimmy and Dralis? Will they successfully reunite with the Flash Pack? And what of Alabaster Kartoff? Stay transfixed in suspense until next week, when the adventure continues with Epic Echoes, Great Green Dragons.
0: In that episode of Epic Echoes, Guinevere Eckert was the narrator and Bertha von Suttner, Nicholas Roach was Max Thornfield. Angela Timon was Dralis Thornfield. Devon White was Molly Singh. Lynn Nelson was Jill Slaughter. Tongwen Wong was Sarah Keen. Daniel Schwartz was Jimmy Kovacs. Scape White was Fertress Fuzzbottom. Patrick Ganan and Elijah Webberhand were the Time Guards. Ryan LaRanger was Mr. Bernal. And Rob Glass was the Colonel. The theme song was by Michael Temporary Card Mikowski. Thank you very much, Rory. Thank you very much, Rory. And speaking of thanking you very much, Rory, as I do so very often which i appreciate i'm glad you appreciate it because it shows my appreciation for you that is true in truth there is a a circle of appreciation occurring when that happens well that is very pleasant and i appreciate that appreciation that appreciates me were well, you saying something about right me? yes the, we can get right to the historical stuff because we again you know jam-packed show i say that so often but it's so often is true isn't it you know don't you don't you feel that frequently yes so let's get right to it here we are Welcome to This Day in History, my name is Rory St. John and this is WHRW Binghamton. On July 13th, 1985, at Wembley Stadium in London, Prince Charles and Princess Diana officially opened Live Aid, a 16-hour super concert, globally linked by satellite to more than a billion viewers, organized to raise money for the relief of famine-stricken Africans. Let's listen.
11: Well, Diana, let's go and open up this concert, but at first, I I, I think the grass is hungry. I've, uh, I've decided to uh, drop some steak on it. Uh, do you mind? Uh, Not at all, dear. Oh, good. I I think it should be well done for our grass, don't you? Indeed. Oh, good. Uh, Now, off to the Live Aid concert where we can uh, talk about famine Wait a minute. Diana. Yes, darling. Do you think if we'd given that steak to starving Africans, they could have eaten it? Really? Well, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh...
2: Well, if you hadn't
11: watered your lawn during the drought last year, they would have had water to grow crops and they wouldn't be famine-stricken. Crops? What, what do crops do and how do they contribute to food? Feed them! They would have grown corn and wheat, which is corn in England. And corn? they would have grown all sorts of things which they could have eaten. But no, you had to water your lawn. You pigs! I'm trying to grow a lawn not cause things to come up out of the ground and feed people. Exactly! And because there weren't things to feed people, people in Africa died! Thank you, Prince Charles! Look, a- I don't care about any of this famine. I'm trying to run a charity concert. Hey, what's this? Free steak. Nice. Oh, it all worked out in the end.
2: No, they're still hungry and starved, thanks to you!
11: Feed them, then.
2: They can't, because you used all their water!
11: <sighs> they're not hungry for water. That's a beverage. I want to divorce. And as you could clearly tell uh, from that
0: story, the real problem was that Charles and Diana, who have a giant lawn, watered it during a drought. Now, of course, when there is a drought, you shouldn't water your lawn excessively because people are trying to save water. That's important for some reason. Oh, crops and stuff, yes. When there's a drought in your area, you shouldn't waste water on things like the lawn. This is This Day in History on WHW Binghamton but hold your water. My name's Roy St. John, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And as you all know, that turned out to be a very prophetic day, as Princess Diana was later eaten by starving children. Yes, what happened was, while the lawn of Buckingham Palace and, you know, the places thereabouts did remain green and verdant, which means green, the rest of England dried up and blew away like a tumble. People there were starving, as they had no water to water their crops. Yes, England does have crops, apparently. And the famine that went on drove people to wild lengths. They took to keeping children in pens in little herds because the little feral beasts were so dangerous. Unfortunately, at one point, one of the child herders did leave the children's gate open, and the children ran free all over London. They came upon the princess while she was on her way back from buying a diamond necklace. The shininess of the jewelry attracted their attention, and they devoured the woman alive, and all because they were watering their lawns during a drought. When a drought comes, it's important that everyone have enough water, not just you and your precious, precious lawn, you bastard. It's a drought for Pete's sake. Everyone needs that water. Come on. My name's Rory St. John, and this is Where Are They Now in History. I'm Captain Wax. Very true, very true. You shouldn't overwater, especially during a drought. You know, droughts are a big deal. I, I'm big on communities, right? So I want the community to to all be able to have water. Right, Frank? I mean, don't you think that's uh, a good idea? Or did you disagree with his, uh, his statement, as you always do? What? Frank, the, the, this day in history, where are they now in history? I wasn't listening. I, I wasn't paying attention. I just um. I'm still, I'm still kind of thinking about that that historical reading. That that was really upsetting and really kind of eye-opening in many ways. What do you mean eye-opening? Well, I you know if if I if, if the way that I live my life is so is so off-putting to people that they would consider doing something like that to me, that's just that's just terrible, I, and that makes me question what kind of a person I am, whether or not I. Need to take a closer look at my life and the way that I behave, and 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 see what I need to do, what what needs to change. I, no, I I mean I don't think it's that big of a deal. It was just look somebody played a nasty trick on you. People are jerks. Yeah, but what would inspire someone to do something so cruel in my behavior? What is it about me? You know what? Actually, we're it's time for Tractor Fiction, right? So I could maybe during this episode of Tractor Fiction listen and try to see what it is. In me that people find so unpleasant. What if if I can investigate myself? Uh, I don't know. I mean, what I gotta find this out. Well, if that's what you want to do, sure. But any well, I mean, here's let's just listen to Tractor Fiction, and I mean, I think it's just a good time. But if you want to use it for soul searching, that's fine. I do. Okay. Well, here it is.
9: Hello everyone, this is Frank Allen here on WHRW Binghamton And welcome to the fourth uh, series of Tract or Fiction um, We've got an amazing uh, whole season of Tracts lined up, of course uh, Starting with this one, one called The Thing uh, Not to be confused with the movie The Thing or the other movie The Thing But this is uh, a tract called The Thing by Jack Chick, And, uh, starting now
3: Once upon a time, during a full moon just like the full moon that you see in the sky in your town, sometimes, a young boy ran across the fields of his family's farmland. He ran towards the main house, moving with all his might away from the locked shack from which horrible cries emanated. Yah! Help me!
2: Oh my God! Poor Maria! Mother! It's Maria! The thing is after
10: her again! I know, son. We can hear her orgasmic screams. Come in and lock the door. Nothing can help her. "'What about the police?' "'What can the police do? No one can see it. It even goes through locked doors.' "'She must have a wild imagination. Has the doctor checked her?' "'Our doctor has studied her for hours. She is not insane. "'He actually saw her bitten before his eyes. "'There was nothing in the room that he could see.' "'What about a priest?' "'When he put a medallion of the Blessed Virgin around her neck, "'the metal was immediately twisted out of shape. "'When he sprinkled her with holy water, it was thrown back in his face.' He hasn't been back since. This thing is supernatural, isn't it? I'm afraid so. I hate to say this, but we think it's a demon. Dolores, if it is a demon, I know who can help her. And he's only 30 miles from here.
3: Let's go see him tomorrow. The next day, after the aforementioned 30 miles is behind them, the two women arrive at the man's home. That's him. He's
10: a nice man. He loves Jesus. And
3: he really knows the
10: Bible. I hope and pray he can help poor Maria.
3: She tells the story to the man, a story which, although a fictionalized account, is totally based on real documented incidents. Seriously!
8: And so you ladies believe this girl, Maria, has a demon?
3: Yes, sir. Can you help her? Preferably for under
8: $20. This is not something to take lightly. I must know if she wants to be released of this power.
10: Oh, she does. She does. Maria is terrified and is asking for
8: help. Tell me about Maria. When did she first start contacting spirits?
10: Her grandmother told Fortunes. Maria loved astrology and Ouija boards. She studied palm and card reading. It seemed the deeper she got into it, the more depressed she became. I remember her powers became so great, she could make a book slide across the table, terrifying any number of small children. She could even make the table rise off the floor. We called her the Good Witch. In fact, she was the talk of our town. She could tell us everything that was going to happen. Then, one night, something scared her so badly that she said she would have nothing more to do with spirits. Shortly after that, the thing came after her.
8: I'll come to Maria. But I'm going to bring a friend with me, a man very strong with the Lord.
10: Are you afraid? She makes those books slide really fast now. Be
8: serious. This is important. I'm not afraid, but there is more strength in numbers. This is a very serious business. We'll see you tomorrow. My friend and I will go into prayer and fasting
5: for Maria.
3: The next day, the men arrive to find more than just Dolores and her children waiting.
5: Hey, Mom, they're coming! Dolores, this is exciting. I want to be with them when they face Maria. Will you ask if I can join them?
3: I'm sorry I
10: told you about it, John, you worthless piece of crap. This is my cousin John. He wants to be there when you visit Maria.
8: Happy to meet you, John. Are you a Christian? Oh, yes. I'm
5: very devout.
8: John, if you're not right with God, I mean, if you are living in sin, it would be disastrous for you to join us.
5: Oh, I'm alright. Don't worry.
8: We're going to pay a visit to Maria this afternoon. I want to talk with her.
3: And when the time came, they unlocked the door of the shack and entered.
4: What do you want, you man of God?
8: Maria, we want to talk with you. Come in, gentlemen. Hello, Maria.
3: Yeah! Pickled monkey toes! Maria leapt at John's smirking face and began slashing it open with her fingernails clawing at him as she shrieked. You are not a
4: child of God! You liar! You are making love to your neighbor's wife! Ha!
3: ha. Help me! Get her off of me! The men pried the woman off John, and he clutched at his blood spurting gashes.
2: mouth <sighs> form balls of mucus! You're
3: crazy!
8: John, you lied to us. Get away from here. When the demon goes, you may be the target.
3: As he ushered John out the door, the man called to Maria's mother.
8: Dolores! Get everyone away from here, especially the children!
3: Yes, right away!
8: Maria, do you want help? Yes! We are going into prayer. Later tonight we will return to free you of the demons.
3: And at ten o'clock that night, the men were praying up a storm when... Help me! It's here again! Oh my God, help!
8: I plead the blood of Jesus for our protection. Dear Lord, the battle is yours.
3: But someone wasn't minding their own business. (laughs)
8: Gotta see this. Yeah! In Jesus' name, stop torturing Maria. Maria, do you believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh?
3: No! Taco-sucking poopy toads! Meanwhile, John was peeking through the window. Huh.
5: Fire a wooden buzzard. Those stupid idiots actually believe in demons. Evil
8: spirit, I command you in Jesus' name, tell us your name. My name is Verono. Verono. Whoa. Jeez. I command you to leave in Jesus' name and never return to Maria again!
3: Oh, it's gone!
8: Maria, has Jesus Christ come in the flesh?
3: Oh, yes, sir! Jesus Christ has come in the flesh!
8: The demons are gone. Maria, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He loves you. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. Maria, if you don't accept Christ as your personal Savior, then you will have no protection. This... Rono will return with seven more like him.
3: Yes, I want Jesus. I receive him as my personal savior.
8: Maria, now you are safe. His blood has washed away your sins and will protect you from the power of darkness. You must never again deal with evil spirits. Another thing, Maria. All charms, Ouija boards, books of incantation must be destroyed or you will not be possessed but oppressed by them.
3: For the first time in my life, I have real peace of mind.
8: I want to give you this Bible. It's the word of God. Believe it. Study it. Master it. Teach it. And live it. And your joy will know no bounds. Maria, you have been bought at a terrible price. Your body is not your own. It is now the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit.
3: Where did the demon go?
8: Um, I don't know. Probably out looking for a home, something.
3: The man was almost right for in a nearby field. Hey, John, what are you doing out here? John, what's happened to you? John?
9: My name is John. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the tract, The Thing, uh, which is about, uh, as you heard, possession. And uh, as always on Tractor Fiction, we uh, we enact the tract, so to speak. And then we have a debate in which we uh, decide whether or not it was true, uh, with people saying whether they think it's true or not. Speaking of which, I don't have a coin, so if anybody has a coin...
4: Um, Franklin Allenton has a coin.
9: Oh, Franklin, I didn't really want you to be here this time. Oh, here we go, I got a coin. It's a very old coin. Frank's
4: coin decides the debate.
9: All right, now, we've got some new debaters here. Debater number one, why don't you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, this is Ben Grimm. Why, hello there, Mr. Grimm, I've, I've actually heard of you. Um, thanks. You're welcome. It's not really a compliment to say that I've heard of you, but there you are. Uh, and, uh, debater number two.
10: Hi, I'm Verono. Uh,
9: Verono from the track?
10: Uh-huh.
9: Oh. Welcome. Uh, it's good to see you. I Thank you. Well, I guess it's really not that- It's good
10: to see you, too.
9: It's really not that good to see you, Oh, but- God,
10: I'm so excited to be here.
9: Okay, um, as always, uh, I'm sure everybody realizes that Verono says this tract was 100% true. Oh, totally. And Ben Grimm here, uh, believes it is false. Darn right. So, as always, we let uh, the quote-unquote attacker go first. So, Ben Grimm, why don't you tell us why this tract is not true?
8: It's clobbering time. I got a couple of really good reasons why this tract is false. First of all, let's get one thing straight. I know demons. I have punched a lot of demons in my time. Maybe as many as 90. Now, let me tell you. seen a lot of exorcists, but I personally am Jewish. Have been for years. And... Never really had much of a problem with it. Demons are really kind of low on my list of threats. Galactus, he's higher. Doctor Doom, then way down there, like, here you see. Demons. Uh, We're on the radio. They can't see where your hand is there. I'm sorry, radio people. Just imagine that my hand is a little lower than it would be if I were doing, say, Galactus or Doctor
9: Doom. Gotcha, gotcha. Basically, you're admitting that, as someone who's Jewish... You are uh, inherently somewhat evil and therefore susceptible to demon possession, but you've never been possessed, therefore there must not be demons. You know, Mr. Allen, I'm not a very bright guy, but
8: listening to you, I'm kind of wondering. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little brighter than I thought I was. Gotta stop hanging out with Reed Richards and other smart people. Get a feel for middle America and yourself.
9: Um, well, I'm actually from, uh, from New York, but there you are. Uh, anyway... Uh, so, uh, Verono, uh-huh. you get your counter-attack, uh, I guess you would call it, uh, to counter the argument of Mr. Gribb.
10: Okie dokie. Okay, well, I'm a demon, and I was I was in this tract, and, um, you know, I think I think demons exist because I exist. And uh, I, I go around, and I possess people, and I possess Maria, and we were big friends for a while. You were,
9: I'm she- sorry, you were friends?
10: We were big friends, yes. And then she took my coat. She took my sweater, and and I had to get it back from her, and next time I got it back from her, uh, she she took my purse. So I had to get that back from her, too. So, you see, it was all just a really big misunderstanding, and um, I I really think we could have been happier if we all just sat down and had cookies about it. hold
9: on, hold on a second. You're saying you possessed her because she took your stuff.
10: Well, you see, I I really don't, um, I, I don't know how to communicate otherwise. I have some, um, I have some issues, I, ha- I have some, some issues. So you're, that-
9: a- you're alleging that she took your things? Yeah. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, possession is nine-tenths of the law.
10: Well, you know, she, she she took my things. She took my purse.
9: Well, all right, if if you say so.
3: Maria. Maria, sweetie. I'm
9: sorry, who uh, who do we have here?
3: Hello, I'm the town doctor. The one they took Maria to when they said she was possessed by that demon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah the, the girl you're talking to that's not Verona that's yes, Maria. No, no 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 I'm no. Verona.
9: Maria was a, a different person entirely.
3: Yeah I, she's a little bit older now she sounds a bit different but No 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 no. I'm Verona I really am. Have... See, see? Maria see, look. Maria you're
10: not I have, have a pretty horns. tail. She does have a no, tail. Oh it broke off there but I okay, see I,
9: I
3: Maria. tail.
9: Now hold on hold on hold on. What are your what are your qualifications doctor? Why should we take your word for anything? I don't even know you from uh Well, not Adam, but rather Eve.
3: I have a diploma.
9: From high school?
3: Yes.
9: That's good. Um, Doctor school?
3: Um, my my ma taught me.
9: Taught you doctoring?
3: Yeah. She was a town doctor before I was. I have to tell you, if your mother- I am her mother, Dr. Quinn.
9: If your mother played doctor with you, that's something you should talk to the authorities about.
3: Listen, that's just the way
10: that we do it in our town.
9: That's not a good town. (laughs) That's not a town I. Re- uh, well, I don't l- know.
8: Seems okay to me.
9: Oh, oh
10: my God, Mr. I just, Grimm!
9: I just got that. Oh my God, ew! Now hold, hold on, hold on, everybody, hold on. Let's g- let's get back to the matter at hand. I think the main thrust of this tract, Verona. Yeah. Was that by not accepting Jesus, one uh, opens oneself up to terrible things. Is this is this what you're saying?
10: Um, I don't know. I, I don't know all the I don't know all the demons. They're 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 all bigger than me. I'm the, I'm the little demon. Well, but- and Jesus, you know, maybe, maybe he wanted to possess her instead, and and that's I all I know is I left when I got my purse, and then and then she wait, you left
9: when you got what purse?
10: My purse the, purse. the man,
9: the man who came and and did the exorcism gave you your purse back. Yeah, I didn't see that part in the tract. But, but- maybe it was off camera. Maybe yeah, yeah, he he
10: slipped it to me on the side. I I don't I don't really understand what was going on, but yeah, I got my purse back and see, I got my lipstick and I got my my eyeshadow back, so well, I'm, I'm pretty again.
9: All right, uh, Mr. Grimm, you want to say something to that? Seems pretty straightforward
8: to me. Demon needs to get his purse back. Are you saying you agree with Verono? Only in the sense that he's much prettier now with the makeup. No, no, hold on, hold on. See, now this this is a problem I'm having right K- now. Kinda, I I don't I don't like to be critical, seeing as um made a rock but damn woof
9: woof <laughs> wow oh
10: thank you no I don't
9: think that was a compliment well, but no, no no
8: now she's
10: now less. hold on
9: hold on hold on hold on hold the problem I'm having is that I'm not seeing any disagreement between Mr. Grimm and Ms. Verono. Um, but I do have an expert online. maybe he'll be able to shed uh, some light actually I have two experts uh <laughs> We are both on the line. Uh, let's go, expert number one. Expert number one, are you there? Uh, thank
6: you for uh, thank you for giving me some time, uh, Mr. Allen. I'm a long time listener, first time caller. Um, my name is uh, Dr. Hadrian Saint Clair, and I administer the Duluth, Minnesota Zoo. And welcome. My little anecdote I- involves well, years ago we found under under our care a sort of a hominid, sort of uh, biped, and. It was frothing at the mouth and had hair in places where humans shouldn't have hair. And we had him under our care for for six weeks and our heavy uh, – and then then we found out belatedly that he was a human and we couldn't turn him back to the authorities. And it's widely believed that this is a demon. Um, We kind of uh, categorized him under a yeti. But at any rate, we have tried religious things and thus far, thus far, we haven't had anybody get possessed from proximity to
9: this, this individual. So you're saying so, you have a demon. And he hasn't possessed a single person.
6: No, and um, mm. as far as far as we can tell, that's a good thing. And we have to feed the guy. I mean, uh, obviously we're not tempting fate. We're not putting the animals nearby, and we don't allow um children and pregnant women in the exhibit. But we do, uh, we do have to feed him. And uh, people have proximity, and and uh, I have to tell you, we don't always hire good Christians on our staff. And uh, despite, is that, a, is, that
9: a, is that a policy or?
6: Well. It's hard to check. It's against the laws to uh, ask these confidential questions. No
8: okay policy to me.
9: Well, thank you Thank you for that. Uh, well, I'll have to see. Uh, in a moment, I'll see what our debaters think of that. But I do want to bring on the second expert. And we'll have two concurrent points to, for you to argue. Go ahead.
4: All oh, this talk about exercises is making me want to do some step aerobics. I'm sorry, who's this? Oh, this is Dick Slimmons. Oh, I've heard of you as well.
10: Oh my god, I've seen you on TV, I love
9: you. Oh, thank you, sweetie. Are you, I'm sorry, are you implying that you are an exorcist?
4: Oh yes, Philly, I love doing lots of exercising. And you exercise
9: demons?
4: Oh yes, didn't you just see my newest tape, Sweatin' to the Demons?
9: No, I didn't. I'm not a demon.
4: Well, actually, it's supposed to be called sweating Out the Demons, but, well. Was it a typo? Yes, indeed. Now, you know, as a, as a little, as a, you know, little guy, go- as a little boy, I had, uh, you know, been a little bit of a, a tubby blubby. Now, that was because demons had possessed me as a little kid and made me eat lots and lots of food. So I came up with this wonderful exorcist program. And ever since then, I've been helping people all across America get rid of the demons. All right.
9: Now, okay. Thank, thank you very much. Now, uh, let me, let me ask you, uh, Mr. Grimm and, uh, Ms. Verona, Um, we've just had two experts who both claim to be telling the truth. One of them saying demon nonsense, one of them saying demon truth. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have you both uh, reply, but you know what? It's getting, a little, it's getting a little late into the process, so why don't I reply to those in the forms of your closing arguments, first uh, Mr. Grimm, then Verono, and then I'll let you both know the truth in the matter by deciding the debate. Well,
8: folks, take it from a man who's punched a lot of demons usually in the face sometimes in the stomach when we don't want to leave too many marks but punched a lot of demons never needed an exorcist never accepted Jesus as my lord and savior
9: um more or less fine with it okay and any anything comments on what they what the, t- the two experts gentlemen said well i'll agree that exercise is a good
8: way to promote a healthy lifestyle also eating all your vegetables that aerobics can do
4: anything
8: but i got to say Real muscle mass only comes with cosmic rays. Okay,
9: uh, thank you for your closing arguments, and uh, Verono, you as well.
10: Oh my god, Mr. Slimmons? He is just, he is the best. I lost 15 pounds on his step aerobics program. He is the the, the exercise demon. He, he's, he's terrific.
9: So and, you, uh you were demon exercising demon- Exercise.
10: Yes, out. I was. I was exercising demons for a little while. I had my own class, and I, I, I exercise myself. And I, I'm sorry, demon. You,
9: So you exercise yourself out of people or on your own?
10: No, no, no. With step aerobics to
9: slip down. Wait, no. So is the implication that by doing step aerobics, people will no longer be possessed by demons? Well, nah, I, if only.
10: I don't know about, I don't know about that. You don't I mean, know about that. They keep on taking the purse, you know, that you have what? to. I'm
9: sorry, the pur- what is the, pur- what about if a man gets possessed? What about a purse then?
10: Well, I don't see why another man could not take my purse just as easily as a girl could.
9: It'd probably be easier for a man to take your purse than a girl, but. It's a beautiful purse. I'm not saying that they couldn't, I'm saying they wouldn't.
10: Why not? Because
9: why would they want it?
10: Because they're a very sensitive and attractive, well, man. That's it. why. Hey, there's nothing
4: wrong with the insensitive. I can exactly,
10: ro- Mr. Slidens. What are you doing
4: after the program? Oh, sweetie, you're just too much. I want to take oh. you home and eat you right up.
9: All right, all right, all right, uh, Mr. Graham. You were trying to say something weird, also creepy. That, that's all you wanted to say. All oh, right. it's nothing. All right. Well, um, I oh, you're just an exorcist I I gotta tell you, in my in my heart of hearts, I don't. No, where you people stand. But I'm going to decide who's
4: right, that's for sure. Frank's coin decides everything.
9: What does that, that coin say?
2: <laughs> Where'd it go?
9: I'm going to flip that coin again. We
4: can't seem to find the coin, so Franklin Allenton will flip some Oh my coin. gosh,
9: Mr. Grimm. You're right. D- demons don't possess people. Punch demons, demons don't possess people. Oh, That's not a revolting development at all. It sounds like, uh, it sounds from what I'm gathering here, uh, people, or at the very least, uh, Cosmic Ray bombarded people, are far more dangerous to demons than demons are to people. So, uh, because I haven't heard any talk about demons hitting anybody, but I've heard a lot of talk about you hitting people. Well, not
8: all of them. There's still maybe as many as 20 left. People? Demons I haven't personally punched.
10: You haven't punched me?
8: Well, that can certainly be solved. I have this fist here. Let's see it, let's see it!
10: I'd rather hit on you than, you oh. than me. Oh, I don't like
8: do it, you, Philly brute.
5: I like men
10: with muscles. And
5: from that day on, after the success in this debate, the thing used reason rather than violence to to defeat his enemies. Was that a
9: was that a like flash forward at the end of tractor fiction? We've never had that. Yes, happen before. in
5: fact, it was. It's reason time. And as the narrator from the future, I bid you good night. <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, you can't argue with the narrator from the future uh, unless uh, he's one of the debaters, and then you have to argue with the. Narrated from the future. But thank you for listening to Tractor Fiction tonight. Uh, hopefully, you all learned a lot about demons and whether or not they're real, um, because they are real, but they're not dangerous. This is Frank Allen. Good night.
0: That episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Anna Cole, Guinevere Eckert, Ryan Laranger, Lisa Pantuso, Daniel Schwartz, Jacob Thompson, Angela Timon, and Jordan D. White. Thank you very much. So, Frank, do you see? Everything's fine. You don't worry about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Did you hear that? That I was, I, my behavior in that was reprehensible. I was, I was rude to guests on my show. I was kind of a bully in some cases. You know, I, I was insulting. I, I, if that's... I mean, is that how you see me? Is that how... Yeah, sir. No, Skate, no, that's not true. Frank, you're you are a very talented host. You know, you do a good job. Well, I try to, but I... Apparently, maybe I don't. Rory, tell... Rory, you've got to help me out. Tell him that he's not as bad as he sounds. Ah, uh, well, you're you are not as bad as you seem to think, probably, more than likely. I wasn't really listening, I'll be honest, but I'm sure it wasn't too bad. it It was... I I was astounded. Well, actually, Frank, there's one thing that might make you feel a little bit better about yourself as a host. What's that? Uh, well, it's right here.
2: Skybris stories
0: from a cat and a duck. Hello and welcome to Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. My name is Jordy White and this is the show in which my cat Scape tells scary stories to a guest of some sort. Uh, tonight we have my wife, Devin White, listening again to the show and take it away, Scapey.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to my show and thank you for being on the show,
7: Marl. Uh-huh. It's good to be back, Scapey. How have you been? Good, good. Uh, so
1: I've got like this very scary story for you. Not, not about bells, though. I don't want to hear any more about bells. No, there's no bells. That was the scariest. I can understand why you wouldn't want to hear that, because you're probably still scared from last time. But this one is not about that. Good, because
3: if
7: I had to hear any more about bells, I might vomit or something. Because you're scared. I understand. I-, I mean, I wouldn't say scared. I'd say, like, sick of. I'm, like, sick of bells.
1: This is a defense mechanism. But it's okay. I understand. Because I'm a good storyteller. And I tell scare stories to scare you on a purpose. Okay, uh, you ready for the story? Yeah. That's
7: my little fuzz bottom, what is it? Okay, this one is called Under the Reeds
1: by Espering. On the Reeds? No. No, on the on the reeds. Yeet? No. What oh, oh on the leads. That's what I said? So Here's the story, okay. So, okay, once upon a time, I was like, uh, I want to buy a house. Alright, like a nice house. So I was like, alright, let's look around, show some nice house. But, I'm not just gonna buy a house, duh. I want to know about the house. I want to, like, try it out. Because, if you didn't, that would be stupid. You'd be like a soldier going into battle without knowing about the other people. So... Wait, buying a house is like
7: waging war on a country? Well, if you want it to be Good. So, a good house. Anyway, look, I was like, oh, there's a house. Do I want just it? Just some random house on the street? You're
1: just walking? Do, 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 do. There's a house. No, there was somebody was like, do you want... <laughs> It doesn't matter how I found the house. I, I saw pictures. The point is they were selling the house. It was like an ancestral home. Okay. And I was like, well, it's pretty good. It's, so here's what it was. Okay. There's a house called Fern Wood and it was shaped like a H, Okay. And I was like, hmm, it's pretty good. And uh, the problem was like the one ha- side of the H and the other side of the H had a upstairs, but they weren't connected. And I was like, well, Maybe if I bought this house, I would build uh, a thing to connect. Uh So you'd
7: make it like an A instead of an H? You're going to swap out letters?
1: Well, I was thinking about it, but it doesn't doesn't matter because I was like, okay, we'll we'll see, we'll see if I buy it, we'll see. Because I want to try it out, like I said. So I was like, hey, uh, maybe I will come and live in this house for a few months to see if it's good, okay? That sounds like some sort of homeless person scam. Like,
7: (laughs) let me live in your house for a couple months and then, oh, never mind, I don't feel like it. I'm going to go live in this other house. For free for a few months, I, and
1: then I didn't say for free. I was okay. I was paying. I was gonna pay rent. Oh, okay, okay. But I was like, I'm just gonna stay for a while and we'll see if I like it. So, so I was like, I'm gonna move in in like November, okay? And the guy was like, Oh, dude, they're they're moving in November. You should wait till December. And I was like, but I want to. And he was like, I was like, I'm gonna. And he was like, all right, fine. Did did he
7: tell you why he didn't want you to move in yet? Or? No, he was just like, it'd be better in December. Did he say why it would be better in December? No. I was like, I want to move in in November so I could shoot stuff. Wait, what? Shooting stuff. That's, you can shoot stuff in November, I think. Okay, doesn't matter. Can you even handle a gun? I can't. I'm trying to picture how you would do that. Let me see. You've got, if you like steadied it against your feet and then. No, I don't think you can shoot Steph, Gabey. I don't, I don't think you're physically capable. I, what do you want to shoot anyway? That's work. It's just a, f- a thing to do. And
1: I was like, has anybody rented this house before? And the guy's like, uh, yeah, yeah. And he was, I was like, for a long time. And he was like, well, not for too long time, no. And I was like, how come? And he was like, well, they say all sorts of reasons. Reasons, but they're off for, for of it. That's not the real reasons. And I was like, oh. And But that's all he said. He didn't, he didn't get more specific than that.
7: And you didn't inquire further? I mean, you're not being very inquisitive here with this guy. This guy's like, don't move in until December, and nobody really stays here long, and you're just sort of taking this guy, like, at face value, not looking into it at all. It, look, I was just
1: trying to try out this house. If I don't like it, no big. I would, I would buy a different house. Alright, keep going. So, so me and my wife moved in. Wait, 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 wait. You you and your wife? Was Alice with you? I, look, I didn't say what my wife's name was, but I, look, it's a story. And in this story, I have a wife, okay? Aw, that's so cute! No! Just, no! It's not a cute story, it's a scary story! We moved in! Me and my wife! And we moved into the West... <sighs> Ring of the H. And we put the, basically the East Ring was just kind of empty because we didn't have a lot of people. Just me and my wife and some servants. Okay. And we put the servants in this like, little special extra bonus part. That was off of the West Wing, not a piece of the H, if you get what I'm saying. And it had a riddle passageway that connected into it. And they were like, oh yeah, here's a riddle passageway that connected, uh, but you just gotta be careful. If it snows, you gotta go up on the roof and clear it off. And if it's, if it's got a lot of leaves that fell down, you gotta go up and clear it off. And the way you get up is there's a riddle window up on the top, and you could cross up with a ladder, and you could get up on top with that. That's the only way to do it, so you know. And who's telling you this? The
7: servants? Because that sounds like what the servants should be doing. No, this was told by the guy who was renting me the house. Okay, but this is stuff the the servants would do, all this cleaning of the snow.
1: Well, sure, but he he has to tell me so I could tell the servants to do it. He was just saying, if you don't have it done, okay, if one does not do it, then it will, I don't know, break or something okay so gotta clear the snow off small little window gotcha so you anyway, wrong. okay once upon a time then i was living in this house one one day i mean i was living in this house and i was like and it was right night and i was like smoking a pipe or something and
7: i was just like hey how's it going wait who, who are you saying how's it going to who are you talking to but,
1: I didn't, I didn't really say that. I was just, I was just kind of chilling. That was like casual hanging out. And talking to yourself. No, I wasn't really talking. I was just smoking a pipe. Forget it. Okay? Gosh, mom. You do this wrong every time. You ask stupid questions. That's not what it's about. I'm going to get to the, you don't even get to the scary part yet. Okay?
7: Scapey, be nice. I'm your guest. Yeah, but you're here for a story that I tell. Well, Scapey, be nice or you'll never have any guests. I, you are
1: my guest. Just listen to the story. Okay? All right. Keep going, little fuzzy bottom. So I was sitting there smoking the pipe, not saying anything. And the servants were like, uh, dude, we are scared and we cannot go to bed. And I was like, why? What's up? And they said, come and see. You will see. And I was like, well, okay. So I went with the servant. And they took me through the little passageway to the servants extra bonus house. And they were like working there. And I could see the right was coming in through the window. We couldn't see the window. But we could see the right through the window on the opposite wall. Could you see the left through the window too? We couldn't see anything through the window. What are you talking about? We couldn't see the window. We could only see the right. And so in the right of the from the window. We could see it looked like somebody's hand was trying to, like, get at the, the window latch. It looked like somebody was trying to break in the window to try to climb in through the window. And I was like, whoa, somebody's trying to break in or something.
7: All right. Well, why don't you just go ahead and go find out who's at the window? Well,
1: I did. I was like, okay, let well, me look. And I ran over and I looked, but I didn't see anybody. And But it, it kind of looked like there was, like, a feather, like, some crows or something something like, which, whoosh, really fast, but then they were gone. And I was like, uh, Okay, what's going on? So then I got out to the little ladder so I could go up the window. And my wife, they called my wife, too, and they, she was like, don't go up. It's too scary. And I was like, no, it's fine. I, she was like, take your gun. And I was like, all right, I'll take my gun. And so I climbed up the window. And it's a little far, so, like, I had to kind of scramble a little bit. And, like, you know, my butt was hanging out the window for a second. Everybody would have laughed except that it was really scary. And so nobody did make a joke. So that's fine. So then I got out onto the roof, through the window, okay, and I look around and I'm like, um, I don't see anything, but I didn't want to walk around the whole roof because I was like, well, it's really late at night and it's dark, I might fall, so I don't, but I don't see anybody. Maybe there's no other way down. Maybe they were wrong about there's no other way down. Okay, let's go downstairs. And so I went back downstairs, down the ladder, I mean, and uh, when I got down to the bottom, it looked, again, it looked like Fretter, Fretter, some crows Fretter by the window. And I was like, what the <laughs> I thought there was nobody. And then I see Fretter and okay, so all the servants of the troops were still really scared. And I was like, oh, wait, I got an idea. Uh, let's go outside. And if we go up on the riddle hill right near the house, we could see the whole roof and we would see if there was nobody there. And they were like, okay, let's all do that. So we all went together outside the house, up a little, bit hill and we could see the whole roof of the passage, okay? Okay. And I was like, okay, let's see. Oh, there's the window, and there's no other way up there. They were right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh huh. Uh, and it didn't look like there was anybody there. But then all of a sudden listen, it did look like there was somebody there. Uh it was like a girl and she had crows that were like torn and the rags ragged, fluttering okay? And uh, she was going back and forth and we were like, w- what is that? Who is that crazy fluttering back and forth? That's scary. And, uh, you know, so we didn't know who it was. But I was like, okay, uh, tell you what, I'm going to go back in and go up and t- t- see
7: who it is. You guys wait here. So this girl just appeared out of nowhere? She was just Not on the roof, and then she was on the roof? Well, kind of, yeah. So even though she wasn't on the roof, and then she was on the roof, you're going to go back up on the roof. To see if she's still there. Well,
1: because they would be watching, so they would tell me.
7: So they're going to stay up on the hill, and you're going to go down the hill and up the roof. Yeah. Okay.
1: So then, uh, so I went back inside, and as I was going in, uh, I was like, and the clock struck one, and I was like, okay, let me go upstairs now. So I went up the ladder. What does the clock striking one have to do with anything? I just heard it. I have good ears. You do. Veritable bat ears. It's true. So I heard it. So I go back up on the roof, and I, and I was about to go out, and then my wife comes in. She's like, don't bother. there's nobody there she's gone and i was like well well, okay so i didn't uh and i went back outside and i was like up on the hill with the girls and they were like yeah nobody and i was like oh yeah nobody and i waited for like another half hour but there was nobody for real and so we went back inside and they were like we're still not gonna go though because we're scared and i was like okay you guys could have some sherry if you want to just sit there and drink sherry okay like cooking sherry i don't I don't know, but some sherry.
7: Okay. Do you know what sherry is? It's it's a it's a it's a thing that you drink. Okay, Scapy. He was giving them alcohol. Um. Alright. That doesn't
1: mean anything to you either, does it? Well. Here's what happened is my wife the next day was like, why did you give them sherry? They're going to be, like, spoiled now. And I was like, well, they were scared. And she was like, yeah, you should have given them, like, a little bit of sherry, but you gave them a lot of bit of sherry. And I was like, whatever, whatever, don't worry about it. A
7: lot of bit? So you can have a little bit or you can have a lot of bit? Yes.
1: So, okay, so like you said, the next day, me and some guy, like a worker or something, went up on top of the roof and we were. He was like, there was a person you said? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I don't know about that because the only way up is through the window. And I I was like, well, I know. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he was like, probably it wasn't a person. Hey, look, it was just a branch. And he picked up a branch that was on the roof. And I was like, oh. And he was like, yeah, the wind was blowing around a branch. And I was like, yeah. I didn't think it was windy. And he was like, well, must have. And I was like, yeah, must have, because we did see something. It must have been a branch. So I said to my wife and the servants, I took the branch. And I was like, this is what it was, just a branch. So you guys are imagining things crazy women.
7: Wait, what? But you saw it, too, when you were up on the hill. You said it was a girl-like thing, and that it was there, and then that it wasn't there. But it was just a branch, and they were the ones who got scared first. That's because they were the only ones observant enough to notice it in the first
1: place. But they were... Because they had crazy girl brains, and so I was like, what is it? They're like something scary, and that's why I saw it. So, look, there's a branch. And so I was like, let's just burn the branch. How about that? And they were like, okay. So we burned it. Well, that's your crazy male
7: brain for you. Your boy brain just wants to set things on fire. Well,
1: we burned the branch, so it worked. So then... Worked at what? At burning! So, look, we burned the branch. Then, uh, the next night, we were like, do, 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 do. And my wife was like, still, you shouldn't give him sh- sherry. And I was like, whatever. And uh, the, the girl come in and she was like, uh, it's back. And I was like, it's not because it was just a branch. And she was like, well, it is. And my wife was like, it's cause they want sherry, duh. And I was like, well, let's go look. And, uh, but here's the thing, we looked and there was the, the hand again trying to get in the window. We were like, that's, that's scary again. So
7: now you're willing to admit it wasn't crazy girl brains. There's really
1: something out there. Well, we don't know. So I was like, all right, tell you what, girls, I'm going to shut up the whole house. This part of the house would we'll never use it again. But you can't even shut up yourself. Never mind. How can you manage a full house? Well, listen. And they were like, no, we, we can't live in this house. It's too scary. And I was like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you, you can stay in the kitchen again and you can have tea. Because my wife doesn't want me to give you sherry, and they were like, "We're gonna quit because we're too scared." And I was like, "All right, we'll give you some, some, mm, some mold port." And I was, and they were like, "Okay, we're we're drinking mold part.
7: So basically, these guys are too scared to work there unless you're plying them with
1: alcohol. Well, that's the way it seemed. But what happened then was, so the next day, okay, I went to the guy who owned the house. And I was like, "Uh, I'm not gonna buy this house. I think." And he was like, dude, I told you to come in December. It would have been better. And I was like, why? And he was like, because there's no ghosts in December, only in
7: November. Oh, now he brings this up. Now he is a font of information. And I was
1: like, what ghosts? He's like, oh, it's a ghost of my crazy old right?" great end or something. We used to rock her up at the house, and in the special extra house, and then she used to get on the roof, and one day she fell off and died, and now she haunts it in November. Why, why in November?
7: That's when she died. Well, yeah, but if someone locked me up in a house, and then I went on the roof and died because they were jerks, I would haunt them all the time. She wasn't haunting her family. She was haunting the house. And she was crazy, so that's why they rocked her up. I would haunt the house all year long. That also goes for if anyone ties me up and replaces me with a robot. So
1: anyway, look, long story short, I did buy the house. Wait, you did buy the house? Yeah, because uh, what happened was, right the, the roof sprung a leak because we didn't go in that part of the house, and uh, the plumbers came to fix it, and they accidentally burned down the whole West Wing. Wait. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The plumbers burned out. What were the plumbers doing? Then it burned down. I don't, look, I don't know how plumbers do things, but they were just trying to fix it. But they don't need to use
7: fire. They have wrenches and they work with metal. What would they be setting fire to? Look, I don't know. Maybe they found the branch too. The point is. (laughs) <laughs> Branch equals must set fire. <laughs> I
1: don't... Uh, look, I don't know what the plumbers do, okay? I don't know about plumbers. But they burn down the West Wing. And so I was like, oh, well, if they burn down the West Wing, there's probably no more ghosts, And, uh, there wasn't. The end. So, actually, anyway, I was right and you
7: were wrong. About what? About burning it! S- setting fire to things is the ultimate solution. In this case, yes. That is the scary moral. The scary moral? is set things on fire no that's stupid so what's your stupid moral no scary moral the scary moral is if there's a haunting ghost you can burn it down I'm just trying to figure out how you would submit an insurance claim for that. There was a ghost in my house, so I had to burn it down. Please reimburse me. Well, maybe that's what they have plumbers for. What? No, that's not what plumbers are for, Skippy. Plumbers are for when wet
1: things go wrong. I don't know what plumbers do. So, these plumbers burn down the house. Yes, these were very bad, bad plumbers. Well, it turned out good because then I had no
7: more ghost. So it's okay. Well, anyway, Scapey, it was nice being on your show again. I like having you on my show, Mom. Thank you. It's good to be on your show. And uh I guess, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I'll be on your show until further notice. So we'll have, you know, a lot more of this time together. No, Mom, I, I only want to have you on sometimes. But I do
1: like you a lot. So I'm glad to have you on this time again.
7: Well, it was it was very nice to be on again, Scapey. And I, I you know, I continue to, to wish you luck with getting other guests. No. No, no, no! I could have got another guest. I was just like, let's have my again because I'd rather. So this wasn't entirely your idea. Yeah. Well, it's very sweet of you, Skippy. Jordan, we'll talk later.
0: Well, he, I, because I, 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 mean, I, I said that we could get you on the show, and and I thought. That that would be nice.
7: It was very nice to spend more time with my cute little fuzzy book.
1: Well, it is, it is nice for me to pick you, because I could pick from any guests in the world. In the whole world, Scaby? Yes! Wow!
7: And you chose your mom, who also happens to be in the room right over?
1: Yeah. Because, okay, because I like you, and, uh, well, that's why, but I could have picked... Anybody, at all. I know,
7: my little cutie. Thank you for picking me. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, so
1: next time, we would probably have a different guest. Maybe, if I choose it, we have another scary start.
7: Until next time, everybody.
0: Uh. Okay, no, you're right. I mean, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad, really. I guess. I mean, when it all comes down, you know, I I know what I'm doing. I, I I get people. I keep things moving. I I get people on topic. I I figure out what they're trying to say, and I you know, I know exactly what's going. I'm a good host, actually. Now that I have heard that, I actually am a great host. Wow. In fact, wait, no, Jordan, why would you get rid of that letter? That letter was, Rory's extra historical reading was was total BS. I, that letter was to offer me a job. Why would you get rid of that? That's terrible. No, it was, it was still a, no, it was definitely a joke. That's not what I was trying to get you to do by playing that show. No,
1: Dad, you played my show because it was my turn to play my show. What are you
0: talking about? Right, right. I played it because it was, because it was Scape's turn to have a show played is the reason I played it. Um, Speaking of Scape's turn, actually, it's Scape's turn to sing. Another song.
1: Oh, yes.
2: It's great Great A great part of every show Yeah, it's great Great A great part of every show Yeah My part of that show Was so good That it maybe Got a little bit Of puke stuck right in my throat Cause I was so excited I coughed a little bit and got the puke out of my mouth and I dropped it, dropped it right on the floor. In front of my dad, but then, don't worry, I tried to cover it up a little bit.
0: Um, speaking of a fictional account, was that song true or was that true? Was that, uh, was that...
1: No, it was, it was, it was fake, so don't worry about it, it was fake. It was? Yeah, I did, I was just making, I was making things up, it was funny, so I didn't really puke.
0: Good, because I, good. Good, yeah,
1: good, it is good.
0: All right, can we get on to the next thing, I got things to do. I'm going to set up my Finkel interview for next week. Now that I'm back next week, finally. Right, no, yeah, that's fine. You'll have a show next week. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, Scape. Uh, we didn't get any new emails this week, so that's a bummer for everybody. Uh, castinwax at gmail.com. Please write into us. We, we love getting email. We love getting feedback, da 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 da. But Scape, what we did get was, uh, some emails for you back when you were gone, and I forgot to read them to you last week. So I've got two emails here that I'd like to, to get your opinion on. Oh, sure. Okay, first one is, Dear Mr. Scape White, I'm writing to inform you of your violation of the 1985 treaty for the treatment of robots. I am hoping that your failure to comply with this treaty stems from the fact that very few are aware that it even exists, but I must tell you that it does exist and urge you to reconfigure your robots and show to comply with the stipulations it puts forth. The treaty for the treatment of robots states that all robots must maintain some semblance of their own personality, as well as an ability to formulate their own opinions and desires. Your show clearly portrays that none of the units are designed to do more than agree with you and pamper you. You have been warned. Please reprogram your units to their factory setting, complete with their will. Will and personality programs intact. Failure to comply with this mandate will lead to legal action. Thank you for your time, Johnny H. Five, Chairperson, the Organization for Socially Acceptable Treatment of Robots and Artificial Intelligence Objects. Oh, is that a, is that an acronym? O O S A T O S A T R I O. No, I guess not. No, I don't think it is. So, Escape. There we go. Yeah, you. Apparently, we getting in trouble, and you didn't even know it.
1: Well, I don't have any robots,
0: Dad. So I don't know why you have to read that to me. I, well, but this was talking about things you did when you had robots.
1: Well, I can't reconfigure, because I don't have any robots. Okay? God.
0: Sorry, didn't mean to make you all sensitive. Um, fine. Well, let's move on to the next letter. Next letter is... Dew, Scapey, I have been listening to your advice show about moist foods for a while now, and you are pretty white. I eat my moist foods really fast because I don't want my sister to get them. So I don't always taste them, but I will take your uh, word for it that chicken is the best ones. Will you talk a little bit about crunchies? Adam and Wynne got us crunchies because they say my tummy is upset all the time. My tummy feels fine, but I don't really like my new crunchies. What do you think are the best crunchies? Thank you, Max. So that's a cat, I think, writing to you about crunchy food. Well, I have- Cause it's another cat. Well, just the, the cat's not anywhere near you, though. So just you can talk about dry food. You're talking about the dry food.
1: Oh well, okay. Well, here's my advice about dry food: is that you should eat it, uh, preferably right away. Because again, I mean, basically, there's always an an infinite supply of dry food around, so you could just eat it whenever, and you could, yeah, you could leave there some in the bowl, because there's always going to be some in the bowl, but you you do want to eat it whenever you can.
0: No, I think he wants to know what's the best kind. Moist food? No, what's the best kind of dry food?
1: Dry food is not the best kind. Moist food is the best kind. Chicken moist food is the best, best kind.
0: No, this, but this cat is not asking about what's better, moist food or dry food. Moist food is better! Right, and I think this cat knows that what he's asking is out of the different kinds of dry food which of the dry foods is the best none it's only the moist food that is the best no but if you if there was no moist food there is
1: moist food
0: okay there is no moist food there better be but pretend there isn't for the rest of time all you've got is dry food what kind do you want
1: moist food
0: no but what kind of dry food if there is no moist food what the who cares
1: moist food is the
0: kind you want well i don't think we're getting anywhere on this one what do you think? No, clearly not. He has no idea what you're talking about. Rory, do you have an opinion on what kind of cat food is the best dry food? I don't eat cat food. I, ha- I actually heard different one time on the podcast. I don't... I try not to eat cat food. I don't eat cat food on a regular basis. All right, how about that? All right, well, apparently nobody has an opinion on on dry food, unfortunately. Sorry, Max. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to find some dry food on your own that you like. Hopefully you find most food on your own. Well, Okay. Anyway, uh, time for the show to end, which means it's time for me to bring out another Waxwork theme song on the ukulele. Here we go. Everybody, I will be seeing you. On guard duty, we learn that a member of the guard has been brutally murdered.
3: Ugh. What?
8: You people carrying on like one of the guard wasn't murdered two days ago. This is one of our colleagues, cut down in their prime, robbed even of the infinitesimal time a full life would have provided, not even given the chance to grow old like the rest of us poor humans.
3: Aw, Doctor, I didn't realize you were so sensitive.
8: Who
0: died and who killed them? You'll have to tune in to find out. And on Epic Echoes, the
11: flashback meets a man who will soon become their ally.
0: Or will he? Well, it's a backwards series, so we know the yeah, answer. But it's going to be good.
11: I'm Sir William Alfred Wickersham, 14th Lord Duke of Blackmore, formerly known as the greater North Sea continent of Britain, 17th century time traveler extraordinaire. Oddly
0: enough,
4: we've met before, briefly.
0: Plus, on this day in history, someone makes a completely embarrassing grammatical error.
4: I know it has a small grammatical error,
11: but it doesn't matter. It's good enough. God!
0: All of this, plus a story. No, not, no, not a story. Frank Allen and it's all come. on July 20th and all on the website waxwork.com.